1: Oh, what a way to start our week here in New Zealand! We're going to cross the Tasman and go to uh, one of uh, Sen's favourite sons over there, and Maddie White, and say a really good morning to you, Maddie. It's um, a day or two later than we normally review the uh, NRL weekend, but there's been a bit happening, a bit going on, so it's uh, great to catch up with you. How things over there?
0: Yeah, good. Thanks, Smithy. Good to uh, good to tune in and listen into the sermon as well. Just had Hamish McLennan on the phone, and his uh, truck of lawyers have just pulled up outside our offices. So, shouldn't be a problem over here after that little spray. But I think you might be bang on.
1: I think I think it's uh, look. I'm just uh, I just have a bit of a poke a bit of borax every now and then. But has got an he's got an interesting menu. Surely, all of a sudden, uh, with the news that maybe Eddie's going to come and go quicker than you can imagine uh yeah. of course you know again um uh, they've got three teams in the quarters but you wouldn't have, hold too much hope for anything apart from the brumbies So it's it's a bit same old same old maddie without going anywhere
0: yeah no i agree with that and and the frustration over here is palpable But I, I will say this i do have a connection um going back a few years smithy with hamish McLennan. he was in charge of channel 10 over here when i went back i spent 11 years of my life at 10 and then I went over to seven and Hamish was in charge as CEO when I went back there and I did my deal with him a long-term deal and I did it face to face with him and he was super impressive I mean he's got an incredible business mind And, and the one thing that I do know about Hamish McLennan and I said this to my listeners when he stepped into that role at Rugby Australia is they won't be standing still for long he doesn't mess around um, and he, he certainly proved that. I mean, he's been out there and he's been shaking the can quite a lot. And over here, mate, a lot of it is to try and rattle the cage of the NRL. I mean, that's that's sort of priority number one. As weird as it sounds... It's about getting a foothold back into the argument and into the conversation. So he did that first step. Then he's taken the Eddie Jones step, as we know. So he's certainly got things going. The question for me is how long are they going to continue on this on this double-down strategy? Because if you're going to go that hard, you're going to have to go for a long, long time. And, and to your point, if it's only short-term, short you um, no matter which way you look, well, there's there's problems. There could be problems up ahead. But like I said, at least things aren't standing still. It's It's a little bit more entertaining these days in rugby union chatter than it has been over the last couple of years.
1: It's an interesting point. You talk about rattling the NRL. If you need a rattlesnake, then Eddie Jones is probably a hell of a purchase from that point of view. But are we to believe what we're seeing over here? It became a headline over here. Eddie's going to go at the end of the World Cup? Is that what you're hearing too?
0: Well, no, I mean, we're sort of hearing it all together. I mean, the the thing about Eddie Jones is, as you well know, there's always noise, isn't there? And he likes the noise. So this isn't going to be something that would rattle Eddie Jones or Rugby Australia. So, uh, mate, I dare say that they might have just put this out there just to create a little bit more noise. I mean, who really knows what the situation is? But the short-term fact is that it's all about the World Cup. It's the Bledisloe Cup and it's the World Cup. And... Rugby Australia now know more, I think, than ever before that they have to start ticking those boxes properly. What happens after that is, it actually doesn't really matter to Australian audiences at the moment, because and Australian fans at the moment, because they've got to get that thing right in the short term. Because it's, it's now. The problem for rugby in Australia is not three, four years down the track, it's right now. In fact, I would, say, I would say it's the last five to ten years, but it's right now, and that's what they've got to fix. So whether Eddie sticks around afterwards is kind of superfluous to the argument because if they don't get it right right now, um, Eddie sticking around or not doesn't really make a difference because they're in a heck of a lot of trouble after.
1: Matty, speaking of uh, having to get it right and fix it straight away, um, that is what uh, Freddie Bradford is going to have to do now, particularly uh, in terms of one of his playmakers, because it, it, it seems he's lost Nathan Cleary.
0: Well, Nathan Cleary's out for six weeks at least. I was on air yesterday morning, Smithy, with Matty Johns when the news officially came through. We we knew on Sunday night, I mean, the way that Nathan left the field, everybody knew that he was in trouble and he's the kind of player that's not going to hobble off if he doesn't need to. So the news broke that he was out for six weeks. I mean, he's out for the series, but... The fact of the matter is New South Wales have to win game two to keep the series alive, and game two's at Suncorp Stadium. So poor old Freddie. You know when you when you say to people you are sticking your finger into the into the hole in the damn wall and, and another one pops up, it was that kind of day <laughs> yesterday. It sounds as though Freddie sticks his finger in to try and fix the Nathan Cleary hole, but boom, 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 all they start mm. popping up everywhere else because the discussion really isn't who fills feel, who the number seven, it's the flow-on effect from that because it's there's no like-for-like like replacement with Nathan Cleary. And now the discussions quickly become, OK, well, if we put in Nico Hines at number seven, who's his number six? Is it Luai? Does he stay there? Do we bring in Cody Walker? Or what if we put in Adam Reynolds at number seven? Well, then we need Cody Walker in there. So then what happens to Nico Hines, Dalian Player of the Year? There's all these different combinations and different problems that have come out of the fact that Nathan Cleary isn't there. And Nathan Cleary's a big enough headache to have. Game one, Latrell Mitchell got ruled out a week or so before. And I dare say that New South Wales wouldn't be in the position they were in if Latrell Mitchell was in that side. Game two... Nathan Cleary, the chief playmaker, the best player in the world in the last couple of years, two-time Premiership winner, an absolute genius of the game, the man who runs all the show for Brad Fittler, ain't going to be there. It's a massive headache, Smithy, massive.
1: It is a massive head late, uh, headache, I can say. We, we just had uh, the breakfast guys just had along with Sir Graham Love. Of course, he had a stunt there with Brisbane. Yep. Trying to break down the difference in the DNA uh, between uh, a Queensland state of origin side and a New South Wales state of origin side and Graham Lowe uh, said they're more protective he felt they're more protective of their, their legacy that they're taking over of the stars they're taking over from than perhaps New South Wales are would, would you, New South Wales more more in, depth in terms of their uh, current stars as opposed to Queensland pride in the past would you sum it up that way?
0: Look, I'm from the southern side of that border, so I'm partly of that view that I'm sick and tired of Queenslanders saying that we've got more pride in our jumper than New South Welshmen, and and because I think that's disrespectful, I really think that that's disrespectful to the professionalism of the players who are playing for. New South Wales in particular, you're saying in, in that argument, and this is what Queenslanders get wound up in, that we understand the spirit better and we have more pride in our state. and We have more pride in our jumper. Um, that's being disrespectful to a whole stack of professional players who have that pride in the blue jumper just as much as those in Queensland. I think history will tell us because if you peel back all that talk If you peel back all those pre-match speeches and all that stuff about spirit and the magic of State of Origin and we get it and you don't, that's all lovely and it's all romantic. State of Origin's one on big moments. It's that simple. And the simple reality is that Queensland have nailed the big moments better than New South Wales. Now, what's the reason for that? I don't think it's because they wake up and think that they've got more pride in their state or in their jumper than a New South Welshman at all they have just worked out a way to nail the big moments and to me that's what new south wales that's the secret source that new south wales have got to figure out i remember as you know i've done a lot in the world of motorsports smithy and called a lot of supercars races especially up there at mount panorama and everybody used to talk about and i was there i called his last race there the magic of peter brock at the mountain why did peter brock Understand Mount Panorama better than others. And it was almost like he had this mystical hold over it. You know what it wasn't? He understood the track better. And one of the reasons why Craig Lowndes then became so successful up there was because he sat with Peter Brock. And Brock told him, you nail it here, you nail it there. You hit the mark here, under the bridge, you're under the O in the Holden sign, not under the H in the Holden sign. So it was very, very simple basics that he understood better. It had nothing to do with the mystique of the place and the magic of the place. And Brocky didn't wake up and the mountain gave him a big, beautiful hug and they all sat around giving each other Christmas cards. (laughs) He analysed it better than anyone else. And I think that New South Wales missed those big moments for whatever reason and that's where they've got to get back to. You win the big moments, you win State of Origin.
1: Speaking of big moments, uh, at the moment, the Broncos appear to be winning most of those uh, in the NRL, <laughs> Matty.
0: <laughs> Aren't they? I mean, they've, they're equal top of the ladder and they've still got three buys. I mean, we, we don't really like the ladder at the moment, Smithy, because it's not a genuine reflection of what team is placed in which position at the end of each weekend because some have had the buy and some haven't. But the Bronx are up there and they've still got three buys in hand. So two, four, six points. That are still in the bank that they can take in between now and the back end of the season. One of the big questions about the Bronx: Do we trust them? That was going to be the interesting thing. And and a lot of the experts, and I always defer to the experts in this. A lot of the expert commentators were saying, "Well, let's trust them around state of origin period. Let's have a look at them when they're starting to play the big teams and they've got a few players out. Let's have a let's have a good look at what they what they're made of." Well, they're starting to answer those questions. And a lot of that trust is already there. So, yeah, they're they're the real deal. In fact, Matty said to me, Matty John said to me yesterday, they're starting to look like the Broncos teams of the 90s, of the great teams, you know, of the Alfies, of the Gordy Tallises and that kind of stuff. Yeah, (laughs) look out for the Bronx this year.
1: That's massive. Uh, Mm. uh, We look at this NRL over here. Clearly, we've got um, a lot of bias and interest in what the Warriors are doing. But we look at this comp. Uh, what are, uh, some uh, teams are around 13, 14 games and is saying it, it's uh, one of the most um, unpredictable competitions, I think it's to say, rate result by result, we've seen in modern time, in the modern time that we've been following it here.
0: It's been an interesting season, hasn't it? And I think um, part of that is that the teams, the, the unpredictability has come about from the teams that that we would have thought were predictable from last year and in the off-season and at the start of the season have become those unpredictable outcomes. And your Warriors are a case in point. Unfortunately, over the last couple of years, the Warriors were predictable. They, they were. I called a lot of Warriors games last year right here for SEN, and I just saw the same thing over and over and over again. And a lot of it was <laughs> they just weren't a happy unit. They weren't a cohesive unit. And we all know the reasons why that. And then I called the first game this year, and I looked at my co-commentators and went, holy cow, these guys are completely different. So there's one unpredictability that we probably didn't see coming. And I'm so glad it has in the form of Sean Johnson in particular. We've spoken about it in depth here. And then you got the Cowboys, right? So we walk away from last year going, what about the Cowboys? They managed to work out how to have an incredibly hard off-season at the, at the start of last year. And turn it into a rock-solid performance and everybody had him in their top three, top four this year. And somehow the unpredictability has shown that Todd Payton got it probably wrong at the start of this year. So we didn't see that one coming. So there's, to me, that's where the unpredictabilities come in. Teams Mm. that we saw last year who were predictable or became predictable... Are those that we can't get a handle on this year? And the Cowboys are fascinating. They answered with a smackdown of the storm on the weekend. But okay, what happens next time? H- have they got that? Um, have they got that in them again? Are they are they truly back or not?
1: Matty, here's an interesting one that uh, uh, Freddie Footler's got to work through now. A lot of people were saying after Game One, Tedesco not there. He's not where he was. Got to do go without him. I mean, dropping your captain, uh, going forward to state of origin 2 would not be massive. Happen. But yeah. but he bounced back, didn't he? He bounced oh, back mate. at the weekend.
0: Yeah, he, he smashed him. I mean, <laughs> look, Teddy's played twenty state of origin games and he had one bad game. And, and I'm I'm all for the fact that you can wake up on a Thursday morning and and say that I, I've got no problems with saying we said it on my program. Look, he had an off game. There's no problems. I don't think that that leads to. Critics calling for Teddy to be removed. We had a few texters who said, Oh, bloody Dylan Edwards should be there. And Teddy had a shock. He had one bad game. <laughs> and, he, and he rarely has a game in State of Origin. So you're not going to drop your captain. You're not going to drop the Australian captain for a start. And if anything, that bad game might be the trigger. Well, it certainly was the trigger for the Roosters. No question about mm-hmm. it. And he spoke about that. The weight of the pressure and the clarity in my mind wasn't there. So maybe he needed that bad game to get him out of his funk um, because he certainly got back into it against the Roosters. And, yeah, Freddie would be hoping that he gets back into it again on this one. But, hey, one out of 20 bad games or off games, not a bad result.
1: Well, we know we get 100% uh, percent of great interviews out of you and we've just had one, Matty White, so that's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> hey, mate, you have a terrific day. Uh, on the eve of the World Test Championship oh, final, mate. the Ashes, uh, have you got a, an interesting three months ahead
0: or what? Oh, I tell you, i got a few long nights. I was out walking earlier this morning in the dark. My wife and I were doing our morning walk and I said, the test starts tomorrow, and she went, hang on, which one? And I said, <laughs> I said the World Test Championship final rolled into the Ashes. She goes, oh, God, you've got some long nights. I said, no, no, we've got some long nights. (laughs) I've got Adam Zampa coming up on my show today, so I can't wait to have a chat to Zamps and and get his thoughts uh, ahead. But um, I'm interested. I'm really interested in the World Test Championship final. I'm I'm interested to see how much support there is for it over there. Um, And we've been crossing back and forth to the UK, and I'm really interested to see how much they embrace it. I mean, India playing over there is massive. Australia playing over there before the, the Ashes, obviously, is massive. So... I hope it's a big one. I hope that that Test Championship final's huge, and I hope the Aussies then roll them nicely in the uh, in the Ashes.
1: That'll be a great uh, wish come true for your Australians, oh, yeah. Maddie. Uh, hey, fantastic catch up with you, mate, as always. Um, have a terrific show. I know, I know you will, and uh, we look forward to Game uh, State of Origin Game Two. Massive Raider over here as well. Cheers, man. Have a great day.
0: Good on you, Smithy.